What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to Bear With Me, the Chicago Bears podcast hosted by yours truly, Robert Schmitz, right here on the Windy City Gridiron Podcasting Network. And I am here with a treat for y'all as Making the Monsters, Taylor Dahl has joined me, and we're going to go over today's tough 28 to 19 loss to the Green Bay Packers that if I can be honest, Taylor, maybe it wasn't so tough at all, but don't let me lead the witness. How did you feel about today's game? Playing the Packers is never easy. No. Look, I hate losing to the Packers, and I will always hate losing to the Packers. Today, I I was so nervous going into this game, and I don't know why. Because I think, actually, I think I do know why. I think it's because technically we need to lose this game, <laughs> and I don't want to lose this game. Um, at the end of the day, I was going into this saying, okay, the Bears need Justin Fields to look good. The Bears need to know that, and we've seen glimpses. We know, Bears fans know. If you've watched the last six weeks, obviously previous to when he was out, you know Justin Fields is on the up. Justin Fields has been the guy. Justin Fields has been carrying this team almost solely at certain points. If you put any of these other wide receivers, for the most part, on another team, they're a third receiver. They're a fourth Mm -hmm. receiver. And Justin Fields is making things look like he did today. 250 plus yards, I think he ended with. Um, no touchdown and two interceptions. That looks bad if you're just strictly looking at the stat sheet. But obviously, I'm not just Googling box score and talking off that because Justin Fields so many times has carried this team on his back. Um, I do think the defense stepped up today. They looked better to me, which is odd because I think it was all backups on the secondary, pretty much, except Jalen Johnson. Um, you saw Blackwell, which I didn't even – I don't think I knew that name before today. Like I, I remember kind of briefly during summertime picking him up off waivers from the Eagles, but then you didn't talk about him again, and he made some plays today. Uh, there's just certain things. It's weird, though, because – and this is a question for you. Like, at what point do you start saying Justin has to win these games at the end? Are we waiting for that at next year at that time, at this point? I think that's a great question, Taylor. I'm glad you led with it. In my opinion, look, football's a team game. No matter how much people just like you and me sitting on podcasts, writing articles, keep trying to make it quarterback versus quarterback, mano a mano. It's not a boxing match, right? This isn't tennis. This is an 11 on 11 game. And if we are in the same breath, like I am going to beg for Justin Fields to show throws with anticipation, which for anybody who doesn't know what I'm talking about, just in case, uh, that means Justin Fields basically loading to throw and throwing before the receiver has finished his break. Break so mm. that the receiver and the uh, the throw meet each other at the spot of the ball. The receiver has to run a decent enough route to justify the throw. I refuse to call that a bad a bad throw that led to the first interception. Second yeah. one, oh, I awful, agree. but it's in garbage time. Uh, If I can be honest with you, I have tried. I remember back in the Trubisky era, I never wanted to allow garbage time to count. So it works in my favor here as a Fields fan that I don't want to count garbage time when things are poor either because it's garbage time. The quarterback's not playing like themselves, Mm -hmm. right? But within this, like, I agree with you, Taylor, but we have seen so many situations where Justin Fields was leading the team to tie the game against the Vikings. Emir Smith or Marset fumbles a ball that I can't believe he didn't step out of bounds with. They lose. Justin Fields was leading the team down against Washington, puts the ball right in Dante Pettis's hands. He drops it, puts the ball right in Darnell Mooney's hands. He drops it. Yeah. They lose the game. Justin Fields was leading the bears down the field against Miami, puts the ball right in Equinemia. St. Brown's hands on fourth down. He drops it. I agree with you, but aren't we talking about scoreboard watching and not the context of the play? Because me personally, of course I want to see results. When I keep watching this Bears team, I keep thinking to myself, okay, all all Fields really has to work with today is Tevin Jenkins and Chase Claypool. Would you believe it? Claypool got hurt immediately and yet next series taylor or i guess it was the series he also made a couple mistakes today too oh yeah he's not perfect there was like the weird throw behind the line of scrimmage that maybe it was a i think it was a little bit of miscommunication between him and justin but that those little things start to add up too and i think that yeah it's all this to say that I agree that eventually a quarterback is responsible for the win-loss record. But on a day like today where I swear, Taylor, like I normally, I go to bat for the offensive coordinator no matter what's going on. Oh, no. 
this whole third quarter felt like Luke Getze was trying to lose. I'm sure that's not the case. Lester yeah. Wolfong is going to bite my head off that I said that at all <laughs> on this podcast because he I saw hates his tank, his tank message. <laughs> he hates the t- the tinfoil notion, and I get it. I would too. But Taylor, yeah. it is inexplicable that yeah. wide receiver screen call on third and five. It is inexplicable. The sec it's second and or it's first and 23 on a first and goal. Let's yeah. run the ball. Oh, we lost yards. Well, let's oh. just, let's just run it again. Like some of the decisions that the bears made as Hey, maybe wow. they were trying to salt the game away. Maybe. Yeah. Right. That's as much benefit of the doubt as I can give, but they give Justin Fields one pass and he takes what looks to me, Taylor, like it was supposed to be a five to seven yard stick concept. And mm-hmm. instead Justin Fields spins it around, says go deep. Nikhil Harry yeah. puts a dime on his Not outside pretty. shoulder Not for pretty. 50 yards. Like yeah. Fields was on fire today yeah. and the bears somehow still managed to lose, which I, you know, any other year I would say what a disaster yeah. this year. What a win for yeah. Chicago. I yeah. mean, I understand that that's upside down thinking, right? Yeah. But but a lot of people, including myself, went into this game, Taylor, thinking, you know what? You know what? It's a win-win. Either yeah. the Bears beat the Packers, and I love it when they do, or the Packers help the Bears achieve better draft position, yeah. which they can use to either fuel a trade down or obviously like a Will Anderson, Jalen Carter type that if you yeah. can't tell based on their we pass need. versus Taylor. We need. Oh, they desperately <laughs> need it. So badly. There <laughs> but, was so many moments in this game, Robert, that I was like, why are we giving Aaron Rodgers? I mean, what felt like four minutes yep. to throw. And he's he, not a scrambler, so it's not like he's getting wild and running from sideline to sideline. He's standing there pretty much almost just and still. Yep. Maybe a little bit of movement left or right. And I'm like, why are we giving him so much time if we had anybody that was putting pressure on him? And look, we knew. We knew when Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks were gone. Granted, I'm not saying they're bad trades. I'm not there. But we knew once they were gone. And then we knew once Robert Quinn was gone that things were going to change and that this line already needed help and now definitely needs help. But giving him that much time to throw at certain points was ridiculous. And going back to just your point with Justin, you didn't even mention the tipped ball from Montgomery that led to an interception at one point or the missed pass interference on Chase Claypool the one game. Muffed punts twice. Like. Those kind of things, every game I felt like has gone this way. And that's what, to me, Justin is doing what Justin needs to do. And I I asked that question because I feel like a lot of people are always like, well, he needs to learn to win. But I think at the end of the day, a lot of these things have been not directly on Justin. It's a combination of things. Um, Would I love have Justin to led that down, you know, led the Bears down the field and came back with a win at the end of the game? That would have been just just as great for me. But I also think at the end of the day, when we are looking at the future of the Bears, the Bears have so many holes right now. And so that this was the ideal situation. We saw Justin play well. And I know Packers fans are probably bragging on Twitter right now and tagging us in a bunch of things. But in the next few years, that's going to shift drastically, I think. And I mean, it's wild because Taylor, here's the crazy part, right? The value of the number two pick as opposed to the number seven pick. I don't want to pretend that this is all about players, right? Yeah. It's not. It's about value, right? Okay, let me get to the the word learn to win part first. I'm skipping a stone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so talking about that. I can list to you so many examples over the last probably 15 years that I've been a Bears fan where I have seen the Bears go on late runs or win a few but lose a few, right? The Bears have lost almost all of their close games, if not all of their close games this year, sans the Texans. And it's, if in a sense, it's horrific luck, right? But Mm -hmm. you tell me, Taylor, did the Bears whooping Jacksonville, Houston, and Minnesota help them? In 2020 with Trubisky. Did they win in 2021? You tell me. Yeah. No. In 2017, they lost about a bazillion games. That obviously led to a horrible 2018 Bears season, right? Because yeah. they didn't know how to win at that yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. It well, doesn't – yeah? Yeah, I mean, and to your point, when you look at that 2020 season, the 2020-2021 season, it was so weird. The Bears started 5-1 and one, and mm-hmm. then ended up – having a terrible run of losses and then Trubisky came in and scraped us into the playoffs and we get embarrassed by the Saints we were lucky to get Justin Fields we were lucky that all 10 11 teams passed up on Justin Fields honestly because the way that year gone went we shouldn't have had him we would have we should have had Kyle Trask 
Right. Like that's who we should have ended up with that year. Absolutely. And so I I can't help but look at these kinds of games. And I know there are so many Bears fans out there. I would be too, that yeah. are just fuming at the idea that somehow these Bears continue to lose games that they should win. But I can't help Taylor, but be over the moon. Because the Bears have gone up against whether it's great teams, like really, really good teams like mm -hmm. the Miami Dolphins yeah. or really, really bad Dallas. teams like the Falcons. Or frankly, if I can just call a spade a spade, the Packers today looked terrible. Yeah. It is embarrassing that they yeah. won this football game, given how in control the Bears were. But yeah. at the same time, Taylor, we're talking about a defense that started one out of five of their starting defensive backs. We're talking yeah. about a defense that is the second cheapest defense in the NFL, is spending more in dead cap on defensive players that are not on not the team than they are on players that are on the team. And yet we are seeing Josh Blackwell. We're seeing Jack Sanborn. We're seeing Jalen Jones. Like <laughs> DHC, we're yeah. seeing players establish themselves for roles in the future. And I find that's so exciting because it's not it's not as hard as it sounds to uh -huh. sign Draymond Jones given that they have a 125 million dollars in cap space to play three technique it's not that hard should he make it to the market to give Deron Payne the extension of his life it's not as hard as it sounds to improve the spots on this roster that are flat out bad and yet the Bears are still losing the games with the context to show they could easily win these games had they been able to play. Usually, usually it's been easier to say, right, that they scored yeah. 30 points. If they could play any defense, they'd win. That's not quite true today. But I yeah. mean, I don't know, Taylor. Let, let's talk about one topic we have to discuss just a little bit more. We skimmed okay. off of it, but I am stunned that the third quarter worked the way that it did. And I think my brain is struggling to come up with what to say yeah. about a play calling performance that I truly, I am, I am almost always a, it's a play execution, not yeah. a play call person. Right. Yeah. But it felt like the play calls in that third quarter were, Hey, what's the worst thing and least Justin Fields involved thing I could possibly call in this scenario do that yeah. it felt like they took the hottest player in football i mean i don't know about you taylor when i thought to myself oh justin fields he's playing on a sprained ac joint like how's he gonna play i did not think he was gonna look like a superhero in yeah. the first half did you no i really didn't and i i was scared because also we me working in sports we have a lot of orthopedic doctors come in and that's they were like that's normally like a three to five week injury to get back from, but I guess it's mild. So they're letting him come back. And I was like, in my head, I'm kind of like, just let him sit. We have a bye right. week. Also week 14 bye week shouldn't be a thing. Like, no. I just think that's terrible. But I, in my head, I was like, maybe not, but they, everyone said he was healthy. Okay. But I completely agree that the play calling in that quarter. And I, I mentioned it on the pregame show, like even, even the, past play calling but let's back up to just justin himself justin oh. himself there were so many moments where i don't know what luke getsy was saying in his helmet or what he told him at halftime but i want to say he already he ended with 71 rushing yards and had 71 at halftime yes. so i'm a little confused as to why that's the case when you have a quarterback who just a few weeks ago ran 170 yards and oh by the way the packers run defense is one of the worst in the league they've allowed the most rushing yards of a deep and like defensively have allowed the most rushing yards in the league and you're not going to let justin just do his thing and run there were so many moments where i saw justin have the ball, scramble a little bit, and in a normal moment would have taken off for 10, 15 yards, and he would run, get to the line of scrimmage, stop, and throw. Some of those ended up well. Some of those ended up in passing. So it confuses me as to whether Luke Getze was saying, hey, don't get yourself hurt. Like, we're not to the point. We're not winning games this football season. We're not do getting anything out of this season. So don't get yourself hurt. Or if they're like, let's go prove people you can run the ball. I mean, you could throw the ball because a lot of those moments where it ended up being deep shot, 30, 40 yard passes that he completed. And it looked great, but that when you, when Justin can get you first downs, let him get first downs. And I don't understand. So it makes me worry a little bit that they're a little concerned. He's going to get injured. So they're reserving him. Mm -hmm. If I could be outrageously specific, that's mm -hmm. where the bears second down play calling really bothered me today. Yeah. I've never quite understood given. Okay. So with some quarterbacks, let's pick one. Uh, I don't know. Let's go with Trevor Simeon. I wonder mm -hmm. why I'm picking him. If you drop him back in the pocket on second down, right? He's got to mm -hmm. throw it or you're going to take a sack, right? Yeah. With Justin Fields on any standard down, 
when you drop him back in the pocket, you could end up like you're talking about with a free and easy six yard run at any point. So the bears insistence on these designed handoffs on second down on second and long, no less does. It doesn't make any sense. It, it it feels intentional. Like it, it can't be intentional. That would be silly. It maybe it's defensive head coaching. Maybe it's some, or, or like maybe it was that they were trying to chew the clock. Maybe it's because in the early part of the season, I remember the bears ran it on a second and 21 against this very Packers team and Montgomery converted not one, but two of them. Yeah. So who knows? But yeah. at the same time, Taylor, it is bizarre to me just how dangerous I feel like Justin Fields is standing in the pocket on a yeah. drop back because of what he can do. And the bears didn't do it almost yeah. on purpose. And yeah. so I, I don't know what the answers are. I'll tell you that some of those plays like that third and 10, he had where he sprinted up in the pocket seemed like he had some running room. We'll see how mm. much he had on the all 22, yeah. but instead found Kmet on a coverage bust on the left-hand side yeah. that looked like year three fields came early. Like that yeah. was maybe, maybe I'm just being too analytical, but that was Christmas come early for somebody like me that uh-huh. wanted to see fields as passing game develop. Yeah. Because like you're talking about Taylor, instead of, Hey, these receivers are terrible. I can't throw to any of them. I'm just going to run the ball all the time. Whoopsie. Uh-huh. I got hurt again. Right. Yeah. Fields took one hit all game and it was uh-huh. on that gorgeous Equinamia St. Brown deep throw that dropped the ball right in the pocket. And frankly, had ESP been any faster is a house call for, uh, yeah. for six. It yeah. was, it was wild watching this game, how we almost saw fields out to prove something. And yeah. to be honest with you, who, uh, let me go ahead and fix that. I, I could care less what his statistics say in the box score. To me, this was the passing performance that said everything that Bears fans have ever wanted to say about Justin Fields and more. Do you disagree or do you want to see a little bit more from him in the passing game? No, I mean, I think that, and and as you're saying that, I really truly feel, Robert, that this was the game. And I know how competitive Justin is. We've seen it. We've seen it on the sideline. We've seen it in press conferences. We've seen it. And we did our making monsters on Justin Fields and we talked to his college, I mean his high school coach. And his high school was his high school coach was like, he's one of the most competitive guys you'll ever meet. I kind of feel like, and this is all just Taylor assumptions, obviously. I have not talked to Luke Gessie. I've not talked to Justin Fields, but I kind of feel like Justin heard the chatter and was like, Coach, they're saying I can't throw the ball. I want to throw the ball. I want to show that I can throw the ball. We know we can run the ball. I know I can run. Khalil Herbert's her. It's all on David. David's getting beat up because he takes hit after hit after hit when he's running. He's also leading receptions with the last couple games. Like, he's doing everything. So I would not be surprised if Justin Fields went to Gessie and was like, I want to show my arm this one week. Please let me show my arm against the Green Bay Packers and shut people up for a little while. Say I can throw the ball. Who say I can't throw the ball. Um, because it really felt like that. There were so many moments, like you said, and you, you said the exact example that I was thinking of when he, like, almost is – Running to the line of scrimmage, but also let's talk about that. The awareness of knowing exactly where that line of scrimmage is and being able to stop inches before it and launch a, f- a ball down the field and complete it to somebody. I think it was ESB and Akil Harry and maybe even Komet. All three of those were very close to that line of scrimmage that he kind of scrambled around and got to. And, and let's not forget, place- Taylor. It was against this same Green Bay team that Fields stepped over the line. Yes. Through to- uh, well, way Brown over, I think. Against. <laughs> that was just this year. So yes. it's it's more growth. Keep going yeah. though. You were on a yeah. roll. Yes, and and that's what I'm saying. Like I feel like every game we've seen more, and we we've seen he's a, an explosive guy. We've seen he's a playmaker. We've seen he is he, he tries to do too much at times, and I think that's what happens at the end of games. Uh, a few of the picks maybe have led to the too much because Justin wants to put the world on his shoulders and do it as on his own. But what we've seen progressively throughout the season, aside from a complete flip flop between defense and offense has been that Justin Fields is making everything every week when you're like, this is good, but I wish he'd be better at this. The next week he's better at that specific thing that in your head, you're wishing he's better at. Yes. And that's, that's where, as somebody who I guess tries to analyze fields and tries to say, for instance, okay, this week, I wish he'd be better at this. Look, I haven't seen the all 22. I can't for sure tell you that there will be no notes, Taylor. But at the same time, the whole first half, the Bears ran the offense through Justin Fields Mm -hmm. and then optioned to the running game when they felt like they got a look that they wanted. What did that result in? Well, it resulted in a free and easy field goal. 
touchdown, a fumble that was a catch over the middle, wide mm-hmm. open, not of quarterback's fault, very yeah. obviously. And then immediately the drive after that, a 51-yard touchdown that is flat-out special that Fields is making look so normal that yeah. it's absurd to watch. So what did they do in the second half? Well, they flipped it. I mean, they started running the offense through David Montgomery and going to Fields when there was no other choice, right? Yeah. And that's where I am so confused because I would love to say, oh, well, I want Justin Fields to be better at this. Justin Fields was not getting first, second, and third down opportunities. He was getting third downs and the occasional first down. And one of those first downs was a huge strike to Nikhil Harry, followed up with a check down. Good decision, not a sack. I mean, maybe we find somebody's wide open, right? Possible. But taking a check down on first down and not getting any yards is not a bad play when it comes to the ultimate results of what passing plays can be. And then they followed it up with two more runs after that 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 didn't go anywhere, including a third and five run. Like, what are we thinking? Like, I get it there. I I don't know. I could go into the play calling stuff. This isn't the podcast Mm. for that. The point is, is that I didn't really come away wanting to see fields do do a thing differently yeah i want to see the result change like game losing interception followed by a second game losing interception obviously that's not what anybody wants but for crying out loud taylor it's not like i saw i i would say oh fields i want you to run the ball more he was passing the ball just fine the bears just didn't give him the opportunity to it's not that they didn't give him the opportunity to make the mistakes either he just didn't make any It was as if they took the ball out of his hands and the point total suffered because of it. I can't go this podcast without mentioning that Cairo Santos kind of let the team down. I mean, missing an extra point. Sure. The fact that the field goal got blocked. I don't know whose fault that was. I'm not. Everybody was confused on that. Even Eberflus was like, what just happened? I could have sworn Eberflus was smiling. Like, I need to go back and look. I'm I'm trying not to be too tinfoil hatty, but it was like, that was almost, that looked like if I tried to tell my dad to act in my fifth grade, like, school project. You know what I mean? And I'm like, dad, act surprised. And he goes, (laughs) what? Like, look, I, I get that I sound crazy, Taylor. I I would think I was crazy too. And maybe I am. Maybe the Bears just flat botched a game that they were in complete cruise control of. But it was hard for me to come away with that game thinking that the Packers, who could barely muster 20 points against an opportunity or against an offense. Ended up with 20 handing them platters yeah. oh yeah they they ended up getting those uh the eight points on the sweep but yeah. leading up to that taylor i mean that drive where they ended up or taking the lead 20 to 19 that yeah. should have been a touchdown and that yeah. was a sweet play by none other than jack sanborn to keep the ball out of the end zone i mean yeah. it was this was a if i was a packers fan i would have called this performance despicable but i'm glad right. it worked out as a yeah. Bears fan, I can't see that and also say that the players played badly. I really feel like this was either malpractice from an offensive coordinator or let's call it a greater vision yeah. that uh, that the Bears got what they wanted, but they may they may prompt an investigation for it <laughs> if that's really what like if that's <laughs> really what happened. Trouble, no, like and look, I I'm not saying you're completely crazy. I think that a lot of people truly believe that. And there's been times in the past few years that we've seen coaches come out and say, yeah, this stuff happens. So, but I just sometimes think that the Packers are so far into the Bears heads. And look, I get it's a new coaching scheme and new ownership, but I flash back to last year. So last year, our second game against the Packers, when the Bears were up at halftime and the Packers came out, adjusted everything, ended up beating the Bears. And it was one of those things where it was like, okay, the Packers made halftime adjustments and the Bears didn't. I wonder if Getze and Flus overthought this. Um, and in their heads, they were like, okay, we know that the Packers are going to come out and they've adjusted to what has been working. So we've got to switch it. Um, and because like you said, it was almost night and day between the first and the second half, which we haven't seen a whole lot this season for them. Usually like what's working, they kind of try to stick to, which is usually the run game. Huh, um, funny but, that they didn't when they were winning by two scores. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Super weird. So <laughs> I almost just feel like they get in their own heads sometimes and it's Maybe. just, and hopefully that'll start changing eventually. Hopefully now that the Packers are 
looking like they're on the opposite trajectory as the Bears are at this point. And the Bears potentially have the best quarterback in the NFC North. And hopefully we see that keep progressing. So maybe that'll get out of their head. But that's what I was thinking the whole time was just like the Packers are so far in the Bears head. And it's just like and maybe there was a little bit in the back of their minds when it started going the opposite way that Felice was like, but what could I get with this second pick? I wonder. I wonder what I could. Look, because it's we're possible. not seeing anybody get close to Aaron Rodgers. I mean, we it's worth remembering Doug Peterson, uh, yeah. obviously the coach of the Jaguars now. He, I think it was Peterson, uh, pulled Jalen Hurts. It may not have been Peterson. It may have been Sirianni. But whoever it was, the Eagles started uh, Nate Sudfeld in the second half of a game in the end of the season because mm-hmm. they were losing. And yep. they thought their quarterback was playing too well. At the very least, that is the that is the outside impression. We are talking about a head coach in Matt Eberflus that when Bears reporters asked him, hey, would you have taken Roquan Smith? Like, if you got to choose, would you have taken Roquan Smith? He famously mm-hmm. said, at five? An inside linebacker at five? Uh, it's uh, And then seemed to deflect to say, no, I don't think Chris Ballard would have ever gone for that. So maybe taylor i again i think it would be almost collusion-esque like not quite black socks because they're not literally betting on it yeah. technically what they would be doing is above board right mm-hmm. but at the same time I, I don't know it's a weird year to be a bears fan because the bears are spending less on their team than anybody else in the league second league least on offense second least on defense the falcons the eagles they're close but they're not spending as little as the chicago bears are right now on their roster which you only do when you have the job security of being in your first year generally yeah. any owner will look the other way but i mean for crying out loud when you're starting to get starlets bit of a weird segue but we got to go here um when you're starting to get wonderful play from players like guys like jack sanborn udfas given an opportunity stepping up seems to just have a nose for a football player or football and not to use the cliche of cliches is just a football player i mean Mm -hmm. i know you just did making monsters on him what did you think of 57's game today Oh, I, I'm so excited about Sanborn. And honestly, this this backtracks to during the preseason. During the preseason, we didn't do a full episode on Sanborn, but he was one of our players that we were looking forward to this season. Obviously, with Roquan Smith, we weren't sure how much we we were going to see because Jack, almost the entirety of his career, has been an inside linebacker. That's what he is. Um, and Wisconsin had switched back and forth between a 3-4 or 4-3, so I was confident that Jack Sanborn could play either. Uh, we knew the Bears were going to a 4-3, and Felicia's defense, is it's different to me. He likes his rotations a lot, and he loves that extra corner sometimes, and our secondary is too beat up to do it, so it's been kind of weird. But I think that – I think Sam – I mean, I think – what did he end with? Nine tackles, eight tackles, something like that. Um, I would love to see him get to the quarterback a little more personally because I know he can do it. We saw it immediately, the, I think, the first game after Roquan. Um but you see him everywhere. And that's the best thing to me about Jack Sanborn is you're seeing him from sideline to sideline. You're seeing him. I want to know what he was saying to Aaron Rodgers. Did you see that? Yeah. <laughs> I want to I want a Jack Sanborn mic'd up because I feel like he might have been talking trash a little bit. And I like that. Wouldn't surprise me. He oh, no. has been so fun. When you think of a UDFA, if you're like me, you think of Josh Woods. You think yeah. of all kinds of players that don't belong on the football field. Not yeah. that we would ever say that out loud. That sounds awfully <laughs> mean. But that every time they do, especially on defense, Taylor, like an, a UDFA offensive lineman, you get it. They're going to get beat a couple times. But a UDFA defender, those are the kinds of players that Aaron Rodgers picks on. But yeah. 57, while he's not perfect he is i mean if you were really going to itemize everything that keeps him from being a star you'd say he's a little slow but the fact that i'm comparing him to stars is hilarious i mean this is a udfa linebacker that just seems to he's great at identifying lanes he reacts at the same speed that eddie jackson does and i only know that because whenever i go frame by frame i try to watch who reacts first to individual plays and on runs he's recognizing it faster than just about anybody else when you're in that category with eddie jackson you're in a good place and so when you're seeing him make plays like he did against robert tanyan absolute textbook linebacker coverage i can't help but feel like number 57 is a great example of a bears player it's just giving you that little bit more than you asked from him right and and that's awesome i mean 
you got to take the pieces of the Bears apart, right? There are a couple plays that when you start to get really literal about Sanborn, there was one that I remember, the touchdown run that A.J. Dillon, if memory serves, had, yeah. where I would have liked to see Sanborn scrape over the top of the or of the lineman, but at the same time, I'd like to see the Bears hold the edge better. I'd yeah. like to see the Bears have a defensive line that can actually gum the hole up and not let that offensive lineman get to the linebacker. Yeah. The way that Sanborn is playing it feels flat-out inspired. As yeah. if somehow he has made himself, while a UDFA rookie, one of the heartbeats of the defense. That is so beyond exciting yeah. that I don't quite know what to do with myself. Is there anybody else that stood out to you today besides we've talked about fields, we've now talked about Sanborn, offense or defense? Anybody that you feel like deserves some flowers? Yeah, I mean, I think I mentioned the name earlier um, with Josh Blackwell. He also, I want to say, was undrafted, um, but the, the Eagles got him. Um, and then they picked him up in the the off season. They picked him up in like August or something. The Bears did, but I this secondary is so beat up right now. Obviously, we know the big hit was Eddie Jackson, but Jaquan and Kyler have both been dealing with concussions for weeks. And then Kendall Vildor, who I know a lot of people have weird feelings towards him, but he stepped in on certain moments of the season that have really helped, especially considering there. I don't know if. Eddie, Jalen, Kyler, and Jaquan have all played one game together since like week or four, week four or five. Honestly, like one of them have been out or something was going on. Um, and this kid who I honestly was like, who is that? Um, and again, if you want to pinpoint, I'm sure we'll go back and you'll watch the all 22. And there was some misplays. I want to say for sure he was on Watson at the, the touchdown. Um, but there were several other times where you saw him and you're like, all right, like he's making tackles, he's making plays. And we know one of the, the, the complaints with Eddie is that he doesn't always tackle the best. He doesn't wrap his tackles all the time. And Blackwell was, he was getting these guys down on first contact rather than getting that extra five, six, seven yards. So I was super excited to see him just because I thought our secondary was going to get cream tonight. I really thought it was going to be done. And it wasn't. It, they held up way better, especially through three quarters, at least. I think we can argue with that fourth quarter. But through three quarters, they held their own. And it was a bunch of guys who, if I listed off the names to other people who watch the NFL, they'd say, who? Who is that? Yep. A hundred percent. I mean, if anything, I can't help but feel like the wild and fun part about this game was – uh, Taylor, this could be ridiculous sounding. I can't help but feel like the Bears offense gave the Packers so many opportunities. It was as if the Bears defended for four quarters, handed them a fifth, and they finally started to break open in that fifth quarter. Mm -hmm. Ridiculous. I get it. But that's especially with the way that the Bears offense has traditionally possessed the ball. I mean, going back to whether it's the Lions game, the Miami game, the New England game, the Dallas game, ever since that mini buy, which is still crazy to say that so much changed after a mini yeah. buy. Right. Yeah. They haven't had the defense on the field quite as often as they did. And at yeah. the end of the day, the Packers offense felt like it really, really struggled, had one really nice pop play that mm -hmm. went for a touchdown. And the rest was obviously history. Yeah. Ultimately, I can't help but come away from this game. I'll say what we've been talking about on this podcast for like three weeks, right, where this loss didn't even suck in the moment. Normally, they suck in the moment. Normally, I walk away from the Falcons game kind of mad. Yeah. <laughs> walk away from the Lions game kind of mad. mad. I was I was mad after the How Lions game. Do you know the loss? This is just a quick side note. The yep. loss. I mean, the game that I was most mad after was actually the win against the Texans. Is right. that weird? Like at the end of the game, I was like, that was terrible. Why? Like everything yep. sucked. Yep. And then some of the some of the games where we've ended up losing, I've been like, that was good, though. Like, yep. there was a lot of good pieces that I can take out of this. And that's the point we're at right now, Robert, yep. is finding the building blocks that are going to be the Chicago Bears. And finally, this offseason, we have things to do with it. So with people like us who are analyzing these very specifically, it's fun to see the little positive pieces. 100%. And I, I get it that we are talking about what feels like the same occurrence over and over <laughs> and over and over. Right? Yeah. But, Taylor, in May. If yeah. we'd if if I'd asked you what is your ideal season next year, right? You probably would have said the Super Bowl, and I would have said, "Haha, get real. Nice What's try. your ideal season, <laughs> right?" And you probably would have said something to the effect of, "Well, the Bears lose a ton of games, but mm -hmm. Fields looks like the dude." Right. Yeah. And if you said that, because I did, yeah. your mentions at Twitter would have said something back to you to the effect of, "That's not possible. Yeah. If Fields plays well, how could we possibly lose games?" Yeah. Here we are. Yeah, like, this is the definition of that. 
this is the mere, I mean, I don't want to say the miracle season because there are a lot of people who probably do not feel like it's a miracle. But for all the people out there that have pointed, because I've seen it, to the Lions, they say having high picks does not mean that you're going to get better. I would point to Miami, who loaded yeah. up with top talent, and they look awesome. Yeah. I would point to the uh, the Bengals, who they loaded up with top talent and went to a Super Bowl. Yeah. I could point to plenty of these regimes that had a quick stint in the top five and yeah. never looked back. Right. And this is the Eagles had yeah. one of those. They were they were listless in the yeah. post Wentz era. And suddenly, because of smart draft resource investment mm -hmm. like Devontae Smith and whatnot, here yeah. they are at the top of the game. I mean, yeah. it it stinks. Don't get me wrong. Sucks to lose. Yeah. That the Bears, the Bears got swept by the Packers. But from a semantic perspective, it starts to feel like, I mean, I've played this game before. This mm -hmm. felt like an older brother that smoked his younger brother in the first half. But mom was going to get mad if he beat the younger brother. Yeah. So he had to find Gotta a way let him win. to let him win without fully like let him win without making him feel like he gave the win away. You can't yeah. call the field goal block. Right. Yeah. I Maybe. Taylor, we look back in years and we say, no, 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 The Bears have watched so many games. This should have been evidence of worse. But semantically, after this one, I can't help but look at this and say, even Alex Leatherwood looked capable back there at yeah. right tackle. I mean, this team is rallying around fields in a really incredible way yeah. that they are competitive as they are. And not just old school John Fox competitive where we say, oh, but they're fighting so hard, right? Yeah. They are winning games yeah. and finding ways to blow them, partially yeah. due to lack of talent. Yeah. I can't see a world where this same team, if they keep this same core identity, isn't drastically better in wins and losses. Uh, just based off of keeping 10 points off the board because they have an NFL caliber defensive line based off of adding something to the wide receiver room, or frankly, Claypool and Mooney playing on the same time while yeah. both fully caught up. Like there are so many little ways, a better offensive line that can make, or that can create more running room when the running game obviously took away Justin Fields option. We came out of this game where Fields was astounding and yeah. he still only took one hit. Taylor going That's into the bye wild, honestly. It's wild. We saw Fields as a passer. He didn't re-aggravate his injury. Can this be the perfect scenario, even if it's not the perfect scenario you thought you wanted? Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think that you went, you asked the question, what was the expectations in May? Uh, my expectations in May were the Bears would win five games, but well, my ideal without actually winning the NFC North expectations. Bears would win five, six games, but we'd see Justin progress throughout the season. And by the end of the season, we'd know he's our guy. And that's, I'm there. I don't know if everybody's there, but I feel like the majority of Bears fans are there that Justin Fields is the guy. Um, because I think it's so hard right now to not look at this. And you you named a lot of teams just now who not only did things in the draft. And that's, I get it, people freaking out because there are blown draft picks. Completely get it. But there's Tons. also so many other things you could do with with your draft picks. Um, Philly with A.J. Brown, for example, that's a draft pick. That's yes. a draft pick trade, draft day trade. Um, but there's so many scenarios where not only you can, what maybe not specifically draft, but if you can accumulate high draft picks, that leads to so many other things. And you can point to Philly with A.J. Brown. You can point to Miami with Tyreek Hill. You can point to Buffalo with uh, Stephon Diggs. All of these teams had that one guy and the script flipped quickly. Yep. And, and I think that's – I'm not saying the Bears are a wide receiver away because, obviously, the defensive line needs a lot of help. Um, we There's questions, I guess, now with Eddie. There, we'll probably need a little bit more secondary help because we don't know what that injury looks like right now. Uh, the offensive line, like you said, we've gone through – I think today was eighth or ninth different formation for our offensive line because they just yep. – whether it be injuries or whether it be someone not working or – whatever the case may be, but it did look more efficient today. It looked like Leatherwood held his own. Obviously, I think Tevin got his first penalty, and I don't know if he's had one all Weeks. season. We like a while. Like it's been a long time. That was his first one. Um, and then so there's mo there's things. Braxton at Braxton has held his own, and he's a rookie. So these are there's building blocks on the offensive line. There's building blocks in the receiver core. There's building blocks in the secondary. We have our quarterback. We have a run game. Um, and you have a second wide receiver, you know, like a couple number twos, but so you need a lot of things, but yep. 
when you have the resources and that's why draft picks right now are so important. And, and like you said, it's not just because you're directly have that number two pick or number three pick the things that you could possibly get if you did, if they ended up trading, which that's a conversation for the off season, but it's important to be there when you have a team with so many gaps, draft picks and money are very, very important. And I mean, that's the best part about it. I don't want to go hyper nerd, but for anybody who's listened to this point of the podcast and you're not on board, with what we're saying and you're or you're saying to yourself i can't believe the bears didn't win i would have taken that win if it meant picking at number eight well you can have your cake and eat it too because the bears could theoretically trade down from number two and they could get the eighth pick with that 19th style pick taylor that you talked about that was traded for aj brown who's having a wonderful year in philadelphia they could get a second round pick and a future first round pick if that's what somebody wants to do i mean the current reports are that the bears are in or that the bears are sitting in a spot that is going to be very quarterback heavy people are saying as many as three quarterbacks in that top five and if they are that trade down becomes an option it's not that they have to it's not that they should right it's that they can and those options the ability to take one pick turn it into three or to take a generational player because you've seen it like i have taylor chris jones is the chief's defense and that chief's defense is pretty good because chris jones is a great player i mean we saw chris jones in the preseason and it was a a nightmare i mean (laughs) if you think or jalen carter or will anderson could be Chris Jones or Von Miller that can make a huge difference for your defense, no matter who else is on it. And so I understand that potentially there are plenty of people out there that would look at this season and feel like it's a massive underperformance. I cannot help but think being able to say that we have these answers to these questions while also getting the benefit of losing a ton of games that should not have gone the way that they did feels to me like a huge huge win and sure winning culture i can't help but think that when you replace up to 20 players and 10 of those being starters in the offseason that you're going to have an opportunity to remake your culture you know i i feel like this game was probably one of the easiest to watch bears packers games that i've watched in a long time the hot start from fields was flat out special i mean Mm -hmm. what questions do people have that are reasonably able to let me put it this way taylor Mm-hmm. what question do you have about Justin Fields? You may not have one, but to anybody out there, what question do you have about Justin Fields that flat out winning games wouldn't be the requisite to answer? Because yeah. if it's not something specific, if it's not a piece of his game, if it's not, well, I want to see him throw with anticipation more fair. At least we saw some examples of that. Yeah. If it's, well, I don't want to see him pull his eyes down when he scrambles. We saw a lot of that today and he actually looked flat out good at it. Yeah. Well, I don't want to see him take so many sacks. I don't think he took any sacks today. So he a has that it, going for him. Another one of people say a lot is the holding the ball too long. And we saw that today that decreased a lot and yep. not that he had to get rid of it, but there was just moments that he was finding open guys, or at least if it was a RPO type of thing, he was figuring out that play a little quicker. And so all of the things that you, like I said earlier, a lot of the things that we've had questions about with Justin Fields, he's answered from week to week. Absolutely. I mean, I've, I heard questions about his deep accuracy. He was on fire throwing deep today. I mean, I, I understand he's not the perfect quarterback and I'm not trying to make the argument that he's a top five quarterback in the league or something, but I will point out that if I, I mean, to use an example, if you're questioning whether Justin is clutch or not, it is implied you have to win to answer that question. Mm -hmm. So I, I get it. I understand. I can't help but think in these same scenarios, Taylor, more talent on the team puts so many of these games out of reach before they ever get to the last drive. Not that the last drives don't have to get better. They do. The Bears seem to be not failing to catch every single break in the book on these last drives. But if we're really groaning and moaning over two minutes out of 58 minutes every single week, yeah. I can't help but feel like we can we can do more in those 58 because the, yeah. the year two quarterbacks giving enough. Taylor, when it comes to this game, what are your final thoughts? Um, my final thoughts would be I would like I'm talking to everybody and not just you, Robert, because sure. I think that you feel great about this right now. And I think we're kind of in the same mindset. But for people listening, people watching, relax. 
you have a quarterback. And I think at the end of the day, when we're looking at this game, and if you were comparing the two teams at this point of life, I feel like majority of people should pick where the Bears are. Uh, would you rather be a team who just barely be a football team who is very injured and is playing bad football and is trying to figure out everything is on a first year coach and on a first year offensive coordinator. And look, we didn't even mention the fact that Justin Fields has started. What is it now? 23 games. He started 23 games in the NFL. And last year we can maybe say is a wash. Um, But if you you're watching this, you're seeing green Bay who's on the way out. Their quarterback is getting old. He's losing it. He really is losing it. And the Packers are celebrating a win right now over this Bears team. And the Bears are celebrating because right now they have so many, they have so many resources this offseason. And this become this starts with free agency. This starts, it goes to the draft. It goes to pieces they have now. We we have a quarterback. We have our quarterback, guys. Like, let's relax a little bit because Justin Fields has proven to us that he can be the guy. He's proven today that he can throw the ball. He's proven in the previous games that he can run the ball. He's proven that he can go through progressions. He's proven that he can get the ball out. He's proven that behind a offensive line, he's still able to do things. Now imagine a good line. Imagine a good defensive line. Imagine a healthy secondary, what this game would have looked like. And that's what I just want to say. Like, take a breath. I get it. It sucks. I hate losing to the Packers. I want to hit Aaron Rodgers with my car. Like, literally, I want to run him over. But we are on the up. They are on the down. And Justin Fields is the guy. It sure feels that way. I mean, I really hate using volume stats. If we had to use volume stats today, Justin Fields had 31 touches or dropbacks and generated 325 yards, a touchdown, and obviously had the two interceptions. Look, I get it. He's not perfectly on time with everything. But past a certain point, I do think it's worth remembering that the talent deficiencies on this roster are obvious. They're so obvious that we've stopped talking about the fact that when Justin Jones is the clear best lineman on your defensive line, you've got some serious issues. Yeah. Al-Qadim Muhammad goes most games completely invisible. Travis yeah. Gibson is not good enough to overcome being chipped ever, uh, let alone not or like a minor focus of offensive game plans. And yeah. Angela Blackson, while a decent run stuffer, offers you fundamentally nothing in the pass rush. Look, I could name more positions than just the uh-huh. defensive line, but we do so much focus and hashtag narrativing about the quarterback that I can't help but notice that for the overwhelming majority of the game, the quarterback, while injured, did pretty much everything you could ever ask him to do. I mean, this was as franchise quarterback a game as I could expect in a setting where it has to end in a loss, including an anticipation slash trust throw to Equinamia St. Brown that the receiver did not deliver on at the end of the game. I stand by that. I can't help thinking that in a game where we saw another special 51-yard touchdown pass, we saw no runs in the second half, despite Justin Fields continuing to produce as a passer. We saw over 10 yards per attempt, let alone, or like, yeah, that's 10 yards per attempt at this point in this game that I can't come away with anything but positive things to say. Sucks that the Bears lost to the Packers, I guess. But at the end of the day, while I'm sure Rodgers is laughing about it and he's excited that he got to put one over on the Bears again, I feel like Rodgers finally did us a favor because it felt like, look, from a coaching perspective, again, either the Bears are, um, they threw the game, which Uh I'm I'm still not going to rule out. Not saying it happened. I'm not going to rule it out because the second half play calling was really that bizarre to me. I mean, that bizarre. This is a massive insult or I'm right. And I'm never going to get confirmation on it either way. Right. (laughs) So it's one or the other. It sounds like I'm making excuses, but I'm saying so bluntly that it was that bad or that's what they were going for. And they got what they wanted. And so at the end of the day, the Bears are still in wonderful draft position. The Steelers won, putting them out of the conversation. The Broncos almost had it, but they lost. Bummer. Thank God we did not do that. What? Thank God we did not do the Russell Wilson trade. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, I mean, obviously the Bears may need to look at – they may need to look at kicker. They may need to look at a second linebacker next to Jack Sanborn. Yeah. But – There were so many positives to take away from this game. This was, I'll say it again, the funnest Bears-Packers game I have watched in years, Taylor. And it still ended with my favorite player on the Bears throwing two interceptions. The fact that that happened is 
miraculous to me. And as the Bears head into a bye week where, who knows, maybe they'll lose the bye at this rate. Uh, it yeah. feels as if the team is in as good a place as I could have envisioned them being. And I think you said it perfectly. I really did. Long-winded way to say, the Packers now are about to end. It sure feels like it, doesn't it? They're about yeah. to end 30 to 35 years with Hall of Fame MVP grade quarterbacking and two Super Bowls while the guy on the other side in the Navy and orange uniform put together a game today that had a couple of box score elements worked his way, whether the seven yard or the seven yard Montgomery touchdown run turned into a or a touchdown for fields, right? Whether uh -huh. Chase Claypool doesn't fumble, the Bears end up throwing it into the end zone. Taylor, we could end up looking at today and classifying it as an MVP level performance, especially if Fields had gotten more chances to ball out in that second half. 320 yeah. combined yards on let or on 32 dropbacks is about as good as I can ask for, and I can't help but think that it's exciting to see this. Taylor, what do you have coming up? Yeah, so uh, we are we talking about our making monsters? Yeah, yeah. So we plus everything else. What's going on with helmets and heels? Oh, helmets and heels is great. Uh, we'll talk about a bad Jaguars loss tomorrow, so that'll not be fun. Um, because I kind of warned everybody the Lions are playing better than they think. Like people see the Lions and their record, and maybe how they started the season. And obviously, when you're in the AFC, you don't look at the NFC as much. So I warned people on helmets and heels last week that I don't think that th it was going to be an easy game for the Jags, but everyone here in Jacksonville thought it was going to be because Trevor was coming off that comeback win uh, last week and everyone was pumped about it. But, and that's another thing that I can say, just look at like Trevor Lawrence was a guy that was the most NFL ready quarterback in the league. And he, everyone here in Jacksonville pretty much says last year doesn't count, but Trevor Lawrence is eight games ahead of Justin Fields and they're still losing football games against the Detroit Lions and by way farther margin than the Bears just played the Detroit Lions. So I, I think that it's not going to be a fun Tuesday because people are going to be very angry, but helmets and heels is always at least a good time because we get to vent a little bit. I'll, I'll be sitting here talking about Justin Fields and they'll be like, buddy, throw two interceptions at the end and it'll be a conversation. So if you guys want to tune into that later, it'll be a fun one. Um, but yeah, making monsters, we usually don't decide our, our guy until it'll be tomorrow. We'll talk about it. Um, but we'll go back and forth. I've been trying to do a Montgomery episode for a while. Nobody from Iowa state wants to talk to us for some reason. I don't know why. So if anybody out there wants to talk to me about David Montgomery from Iowa state, hit me up. <laughs> I have no pull, but I'll do, or I'll send whatever emails that I need to send to make that happen. You mentioned that at the top of the Jack Sanborn episode, and I want to hear about Dave Montgomery. That's for sure. He has a really sad story, but a good story. So I really want to talk more about David Montgomery, but maybe it'll be like a Blackwell episode. Nobody knows much about Blackwell at all. And he had a decent game. Um, we'll see. Mooney's out. So, and we haven't done a Mooney episode. Uh, there's a few guys that are linked. Trent and Gill. Maybe we need a Trent and Gill episode at this point. The guillotine. <laughs> That'd be classic. But all the same, Taylor, that is so, so exciting. Thank you yeah. so much for coming on today. Wonderful having you. Yeah, thanks for having me.